Well, hi, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, welcome to Right Angle. I'm Bill Little here with Steve Green and Scott Ott. And uh, since this is recorded on Thanksgiving weekend, I wanted to find something uh, to talk about that we could be uh, thankful for. And the subject I came up with is actually a little dark, but when you get right down to it, it's actually a very beautiful thing and, and makes me proud and grateful to live in this country. Uh, Guys, uh, I've been scuba diving since I was seven or eight years old. I've always had interest in technology. I've always been interested in, especially in side scanning sonar, which is getting so remarkably detailed. It's practically like underwater photographs. Both of these things made me especially interested in a segment that I saw on a YouTube uh, channel called Adventures with Purpose. Let me tell you what these, what these guys do. It's a small crew, mostly two divers, a cameraman, and so on. And originally, they started out just doing environmental cleanup. They would take their side scanning sonar, which you can get a, a, a really professional level one for less than $7,000 and probably con considerably less than that. Just troll up and down rivers and look for junk on the bottom of the ocean that they would go and clean up and they're just doing environmental cleanup. They found any number of cars and vehicles underneath the, the water. And uh, one of those times they found a vehicle that had been abandoned and there was somebody in it. Now, I'm not entirely sure that the clip I'm about to show was the first time this happened, but the clip I'm about to show is definitely a time when they thought they were simply retrieving a vehicle from the water, and it turned out to be much, much more than that. There it is. There's a shoe in there. Whoa, 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 Call the cops, call the cops, call the cops. Somebody call them? Yep, call them. Now, as I said, folks, this may seem a little dark for Thanksgiving, but it, it has a, a, a real halo around it. Once it became clear that these guys were able to find missing people, people who've been missing sometimes for six or seven months, sometimes for 20 or 30 years, Individual American citizens started writing to them and saying, I have a missing case of a loved one who disappeared. We think he's in a body of water. And would you come and look for him? Because we've tried with the authorities and they either didn't look or they did look, didn't find him. We need some closure. And so these two guys essentially have developed a channel that works like this. They get a, a request from a member of the general public they drive at their own expense. They never charge anybody anything. They'll drive two, 3,000 miles with their trailer, take their gear into the water and their dry suits because it's usually very, very cold and very, very murky in these rivers. And then they will go out there and search for people who've been missing for a very long time. One of the episodes that moved me the most was an episode where a, a, a family had lost a, a son a young son, eight months earlier. And the woman, the mother, said that she went down to the bank of this river every day and stared out into the river and knew that her boy was out there somewhere, but didn't have the closure and still was missing and so on, begged the authorities to go out there and, and take a look. She got nothing back. Honey. 
can't even talk. I can talk right now. The emotions are really high here right now. 100%. We've identified the car. The windows are up on the car. He's in there. Yeah. All right, we did our Wait, we need to call the sheriff. So, it's powerful. Because of you guys. We wouldn't be here without him. So. Thank you for being here. I want you to know how much we appreciate this. Eight months of not knowing, I cannot do you. Bring him home today. Yeah, I know. You guys do not know how much this means to us. Steve. Thanksgiving is not a time to think often about death and especially people who are missing or people who've been underwater for seven months or 30 years in some cases. But the human mind can handle anything except for uncertainty. We just hate uncertainty. We yeah. can't handle it. One of the things that came up in one of these episodes was a parent who said, uh, or a husband who said that, I keep thinking for the last seven years that my wife's just going to suddenly appear in the driveway and say the whole thing was just a giant joke. I just needed some time away. So what these guys are providing them is not happiness, not even comfort, but they are providing them with the evidence that they can now begin the process of grieving and, and start the process of closure. What do you think about, about this? The idea that private American citizens volunteering their time are roaming around the country solving mysteries that have been unsolved because the local authorities have either don't either have the resources or the inclination or both. And they're out there risking their lives and doing this and bringing closure. I think they've recovered something like 20 wow. missing bodies now, maybe more than that by now. What do you think about these guys? Um, you know, on my segment this week, I talk about how awful social media has uh, made so many of us. It's why I'm not on there anymore. It's not, I, I didn't like me on Twitter. It, got, it finally got that bad. That's when I finally yep. got off of Twitter. Um, but that said, this strikes me as uh, what they're doing is sort of the old roots of the Internet where it, it democratized goodness. Uh, it, it really – to give you an example, what was that uh, old show? I think it was called Unsolved Mysteries. And it was, it was started by a guy who saw, whose own son had disappeared. And then uh, 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 Mark, uh, John Walsh. John Walsh, thank you. Um, and so he created this show. I think it was on uh, ABC. And every week they would try and solve some missing person, some some unsolved murder, whatever it was. And they they called on their viewers to, you know, if you know anything about this case, call the 800 number. And they actually did solve mysteries that way and, and provided closure for families. And that's important. But that took a giant broadcast network to put this thing on with all the resources that a giant broadcast network has at its disposal, which, as you know, are huge. What was it you said a few weeks ago on one of our segments, Bill? There's no. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was talking to Stephen Cruiser over at uh, over at PJ Media, who said Easy there's a mistake to make. <laughs> there's there's no money like TV money. A friend of his was on a or like good network money. A friend of his was a showrunner for uh, uh, Carnival on uh, HBO, and he had a personal assistant. He started running some other show for one of the big networks, and he said 
he had assistants who had assistants, then he didn't even know what the first assistant's job was supposed to be. This this is the difference. That's uh, network TV. So you've got ABC or whoever it was putting on this show, and you know they make probably 20-some episodes in an entire season, and who knows how many of those would actually be resolved. Um, here we have some guys on YouTube taking donations and selling a little bit of merchandise and doing the same amount of good, but they're doing it on a shoestring budget. And this, this is the internet at its very best. You know, uh, let me go off on a small rant and then I'll, I'll finish. This is why I don't have an ad blocker on any of my devices. Uh, a lot of this stuff is uh, supported by advertising. I know it can be a pain, but there you have it. If there's a site I love that has a subscription service like BillWhittle.com does, I subscribe uh, because to me, it's worth it to, to support, whether it's through either one of these methods. That said, running JavaScript, your JavaScript on my computer is a privilege, not a right. So I do have a JavaScript blocker. And if a website uh, hits me with videos I can't turn off, uh, pop-ups, pop-unders and that, I just nuke it all with the JavaScript blocker. And now you've gone and, and screwed yourself by being rude on my computer. So don't do that. Be like the good guys on YouTube, like these guys. Do that, please. Uh, Scott, um, one of the episodes I saw was the visibility is never more than three or four feet. But in this particular dive I saw, the visibility was so bad that he had to feel his way around the truck, find the license plate, and even holding it up with a big bright light, even holding it to his nose, he could just barely make out the last two digits uh, being 6-6. Six, six, and it turned out that those were the last two digits of the, of the plate. He got uh, ran out of air on the first one. He had a technical problem, went back down again, did another dive, trying to get the thing hooked up, came up. He was suffering from hypothermia. He went back and did the smart thing, warmed up a little bit, went down a third time, didn't get the thing hooked up exactly the way they wanted to, but nevertheless kept going. It's getting dark now. The river is about to rise. He knew that he had to get it done then or else it wouldn't happen for six months until the river went down again and maybe the vehicle won't be in the same place. And he risked his life because it was a seven, eight knot current going down. It was dangerous business. And when they came to him to decide whether or not we should go back for this final attempt, he said, look, everybody's here, not the press, not the, not the media, the family's here. And if we don't do it now, we're not going to get it done. And so these guys went out there and risked their own lives to do it. And furthermore, the, the, this idea that the one sheriff put up a resistance, but virtually all of them are, are just very happy to have them there and cooperate. And the sheriff basically said the next day, if you guys hadn't have done it, we wouldn't have done it. We have our professional county approved dive teams that have to be brought in and they have specific parameters for rescue. They have specific parameters for recovery, different parameters for salvage. We simply would not have taken the risk, but you could because you're private citizens. And so they did. Um, this to me is the, the essence of what makes this country work. You mentioned on our backstage show that you'd seen an example of private citizens just doing something to help. And 
And I think this is the greatest thing to be thankful for about living in this country. We talk about constitutional freedoms and all of these things. What these freedoms do is they allow us to be actual people who are who are decent and kind and generous. And and I was very, very proud to be a member of the same country as these guys. What do you think about about this whole volunteer effort using the Internet to go and solve these cold cases? I think it illustrates something that I wish more people understood. And and I'm afraid that there are many, many people who are living with private burdens because they don't get this fundamental truth. Being an American means never having to say no one would help. Being an American means never having to say they won't do anything. Being an American means never having to say let's wait for the authorities. We are the authorities. And that's the beautiful thing about this country. It reminds me, I mean, I told you that incident about our drive uh, back from Branson, Missouri, where there was a car in a ditch and and there were like, I don't know, somewhere between a, a dozen and 20 people helping to get the car out of the ditch, helping to direct traffic. People were being very polite about being directed. And as we drove through the scene, my wife commented that, hey, there are no police here. There's a car down in a ravine and there are no police here. They're just people helping each other out. Um, I saw the same thing after a big flood in a little town I lived in in Missouri years ago. People just came together and said, okay, what needs to be done? Hey, we heard there's some people sandbagging down by the municipal building trying to keep the police station from being flooded. Let's go there. We heard there's some people in the area that was hardest hit. There are a bunch of little houses that just got absolutely wiped out. We're going to uh, get down there and help to muck out those houses and, and bring cleaning products from the, you know, the, the, uh, the Baptist Men's uh, Disaster Relief Organization had set up shop up on a hill at a church called Pisgah Baptist Church. And my friends Steve and I happen to have a pickup truck and we just said, hey, let's go get the supplies from up there down to the people who can't get up there. And then we noticed other people doing this too. So there's people all around us who were just jumping to the aid and nobody was saying, well, let's wait for the authorities to tell us what to do. Let's wait and see what the sheriff thinks. Let's wait and see uh, what the police will do. It's funny, um, at, in that little town, I was pastor of a little church and the police would sometimes come to me and say, hey, we got this guy in the jail right now who's who's in a world of hurt and he's a real mess. We were wondering if you could come down and talk to him. They invited the pastor in to talk to this guy. I remember this guy had been in a knife fight one night and he had actually grabbed the knife that had been swung at him or stabbed at him and, and sliced his hand. So he's got his hand wrapped with gauze and it's bleeding through and he is literally out of his mind. It's the first time I ever met anybody where I thought, hey, that thing uh, called demon possession in the Bible, I think I know what that looks like now. <laughs> um, but anyway... The police officer walks me into a room, sits me down, no glass window or anything. I'm sitting down at a table with this guy and the police officer stands off to the side and just lets me talk to this guy. Later on, the cop comes up to me and says, hey, I just want you to know I was praying for you the whole time. The police were reaching out to private citizens to help. Private citizens never have to wait around because you, my friend, in your despair, in your poverty, in your problem, in your catastrophe, you are surrounded by people who want to help. 
and all they need to do is be made aware that there's a situation and they will come to your aid. And I think this show is just a great example of that, just private citizens taking the initiative. And frankly, if you're one of those private citizens who's been thinking, you know, I have a gift, I have an ability, I have something that I can do, and I've been thinking about maybe helping something out, you don't have to envision some grand YouTube channel with a million views or whatever. Just do that one little thing. Just help that one little person. Just fix that one little problem and see where that goes and take the next step. And if you're not sure if you have the ability to do it, well, maybe you don't. But there's only one way to find out. Yeah, these guys didn't sit down and say, you know what, we could make a lot of money off of YouTube if we went looking for for, – they were just cleaning up the environment. And and then eventually they found something in the environment that was much bigger than just cleaning up – Garbage, and this brings me to the the main point I wanted to make about about these guys and what it says about our country. First of all, the fact that they don't charge anybody, they don't charge the families, they don't charge the government, they don't charge anybody. They do it on their own time. It costs absolutely nothing. Democratizes the service. The people who are missing loved ones could never afford to pay professionals to come and do this, but these are professionals and they come and do it. And the way they are able to pay their expenses is because people watch their commercials on on their YouTube videos. All you have to do is just subscribe and 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 they get paid by by ads. But but the thing that struck me the most about this repeatedly, because I've seen a lot of their videos now, is simply this. You've got these individuals who, who listen to emails from, uh, from regular people, and then they go and respond, and then they go and find these things. But when they find what they're looking for, especially when it turns out that, that there's either proof that there's a body in there, and I don't mean to, to, I don't mean to do this to, to make people uncomfortable. I mean to do this to, to prove the valor and the courage and the guts of these guys. On one of these dives, the visibility was, as I mentioned, was so bad that he was only able to feel that there was a broken window on the back of this extended cab. And the only way he could tell there was somebody in there was because he was able to feel him, to actually reach around and feel him. That takes guts and commitment and courage. But the point about this that that, that applies to our larger society is this. When they get out and they call the sheriff's department or whatever, immediately we have a crime scene now. We have human remains here. The next thing you know, there are 20 or 30 people on the scene working around the clock to get this big hunk of steel out of the bottom of this raging river. And all of these resources are marshaled. And I watched this and thought to myself, you know, there are societies where people would say, what difference does it make? Number one, the person's already dead. Number two, they're gone. We don't know if they're in there. It's enormous trouble and expense to bring it out. It's all of the things, all of the reasons that you would have to leave it down there are there, and none of it matters. Instantly, the people know that when there is a person in that vehicle, doesn't matter how long they've been down there, we are going to get that individual out of that river because they don't belong there. We could prove to the family that they're in there and and, and they'd solve their issues, but we're not just going to do that. We're going to get this person back because it's a person. And that's what makes me happy and proud to live in this country, is that individuals can use their own initiative. The side scanning sonar that they use is probably five, six, seven thousand dollars It's not an out of it's not an insane amount of money in order to have this level of, of precision. And 
And I was so proud of them. I was proud of the community. I was proud of internet and YouTube. I was proud of the fact that people had the courage to ask complete strangers to come and help them for no charge. I was proud of all of it. But of all the things that I liked, and these stories are beautifully edited and beautifully written and beautifully photographed, of all of it was, at the end of these, when they recover an actual person, they often will show photographs from that person's life. And you will see what they understood and what we understand and what governments often don't understand because they can't. This is not a, a target. This is an individual person down there. This person had family and friends and they have pictures of them holding babies, playing with dogs. They're real individual people and they deserve to be rescued no matter how long they've been at the bottom of these murky, muddy waters. I am enormously grateful to these guys at Adventure With Purpose and other people that do this as well. I'm enormously grateful to live in a society that will that will expend whatever resources are necessary to recover what is essentially dead matter to other societies and other people. But here in America, we understand these are individual people and they need to come home and those families need to be able to start rebuilding their lives. And I'm just enormously grateful to live in a country with people like this in it. And if we can manage to get you guys to see this episode uh, for what it's worth, uh, all of us and all of our members who watch these shows and all of our audience are just very, very, very proud to be part of the same country that you are. And we're very thankful that people like you exist because you are what make this country what it is. For Stephen Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next week on Right Angle.